Thank you for this new year, 2016. Thank you for January. Thank you for all the days that have gone by already. We, we thank you. Father, we, we ask that you breathe upon us, Lord. We ascribe all the greatness to you, our Lord and our God. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Good evening, everybody. Ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect. And all his ways are just. session in 2016 and we are super excited about it and, <laughs> and um, we are in part 10 of our increasingly interesting series biblical bad babes and what we can learn from them today we are looking at the Non-rejoicing Michael, Michael, non-rejoicing Michael. Um, if you are new to Tribe, we, we have like a Bible study interactive session. You should have an outline. Do we have, a, have an outline? Okay, so you see, well, in this particular session, there's just one blank space and other spaces in between the questions. So you can fill in the blanks and put your thoughts down or the questions down in the spaces provided. And 
and all that. We have three sections, as you are aware. We have the open section, um, um, the study section, and discussion section. Then we have the commitment section. The format of this Bible study is two-way. In other words, it's, it's, um, you know, um, you contribute and I contribute. Now, we would usually would start with a topic statement, a topic sentence that captures the essence of the teaching. And in part one, when we looked at Rahab, um, the topic statement for, for that teaching was, was this, that with God, it's not who you were that matters. It's who you are becoming. And it is not where you have been. It's where you are going. So, so God doesn't check your past to determine your future. It is what he has in store for you. We learned that with Rahab, and now God turned our life around and, and put her in the lineage of Jesus. When we looked at Mrs. Lot and her daughters, we, we learned that with God, your focus is more important than your current direction. Where your eyes are looking is more important than where your legs are going because your legs will eventually go to where your eyes are looking. When we looked at Jezebel, we, we stated that, that the state of your heart determines the actions that you take. Your decisions shows us your heart good or evil. So as, as, as you behave, we know your heart. That is how it is. You cannot behave in one way and say, oh, Pastor, God sees my heart. Yeah, sorry, we just saw your heart too. With Sapphira, we learned that no matter how deceitful a heart is, it cannot deceive the Holy Spirit. And every time, every single time, People go against God, they lose every single time. With Delilah, we learned that you are only as vulnerable as the secret you share. No one can destroy you without first uncovering your secret and using it against you. So keep your mouth shut. We learned. When we looked at the woman by the well, we learned that our deepest longings and thirst can only be satisfied by the living waters that Christ alone can give. Our deepest longings can only be satisfied by Christ. If you put your, the, your deepest desire on another human being, you are going to crush them. No matter how much your husband loves you or your wife loves you, you, if you put your deepest desires on them, you're going to crush them. It's only Jesus that can satisfy your deepest desires. And that was very instructive. When we looked at Potiphar's wife, little Mrs. Potiphar, we learned that the slickest lipstick in the world cannot conquer determined lips and a pure heart. As Strong as beautiful, as persistent as Miss Potiphar was, she could not conquer Joseph, unlike Delilah and Samson. When we looked at the immoral woman, we learned that is in verse 8, 
I suppose, right? We learned that we should worship Jesus with reckless abandon. Why? Because when it is all said and done, your relationship with him is all that matters. When it's all said and done, your relationship with Jesus is all that matters. So you, you might as well worship him. It doesn't, the final analysis doesn't matter what your neighbor says, doesn't matter what your brother says, doesn't matter what your sister says, doesn't matter what your colleague says. The, the final analysis is, is your relationship with Jesus. So you, so you better give him your all because that's all you, you've got. And in verse um, part nine, which was, was it last week? Yeah, last week. The woman last year, <laughs> the woman caught in adultery. We learned that the grace that saves you but doesn't change you is counterfeit. The, the grace that saves you. Jesus said to the woman, where are your accusers? I said, they are all gone. And Jesus says, neither do I accuse you. Go and what? Say no more. That grace that saved her changed her from a sinner to someone that sins no more. Today, our topic statement, this is where you, you want to fill in the blanks, is this. I will rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. I will rejoice before the Lord no matter who agrees or disagrees with me. That's it. There should be a no there. So you want to fill in that blank also. <laughs> you just, put, um, just put a no on top. I will rejoice before the Lord. Everybody say, let's say together, I want to go. I will Rejoice before the Lord, no matter who agrees or disagrees with me. To open up the teaching and the, um, the discussion, there are two questions. The first one is this. If you are married to or you have dated someone who is exceptionally talented or popular, how do you or did you handle not getting jealous? Let's say you are married and your wife is the president of the United States of America. Everybody wants a selfie with her. How do you? <laughs> as a, as, are you married to such a person? Have you been married to someone maybe in school and this guy is always Winning 100 meters, 200 meters, 300 meters. All the girls are cheering him up. How do you deal with that? <laughs> How do you handle is, Has anybody have to deal with that before? Or is anybody in that? Yes? Okay. You? Oh, interesting. I didn't know you were married. <laughs> okay, so let's give her the mic. So how do you deal with such a situation, you know, where, um, yeah, Praise God. Um, uh, yeah. Back then, before I gave my life to Christ, I had this, um, someone I, I was dating that he was right. very, very popular. Okay, so, um, we, and he's a guy, so most, most, um, yeah, girls come, <laughs> most, most ladies, you know, they always want to hug him, always, you know, most times he get me irritated. And 
sometimes I just feel, and he always likes us going out. So I'll tell him, no, 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 I, I don't want to go out. He was like, why? I said, because of the ladies around you. You know, right. like, okay, fine. The way to handle it is I'll keep on introducing you. How many people do you want to introduce me <laughs> to? You know, so I, I got tired of it at first. Then later I got used to it. You right. know, I know, okay, fine. This is um, where he belongs. So it's either I'm there with him or I just let go. When I couldn't handle it anymore, I have to quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you for your openness and your honesty. This goes for the house. We are open and honest about stuff. Praise the name of the Lord. Anybody else um, that wants to share? Okay. So. Hello. Okay. Um, sir, what I can't comprehend is getting jealous. Because if I'm with someone I care about, I shouldn't get jealous <laughs> about their growth or development. I should be their number one fan, actually. You okay. know, so okay. If, if well, well um, when your husband becomes very talented <laughs> and very popular, amen. <laughs> let's talk again. <laughs> but uh, um, I was going to point out something. I was going to say that it depends on the person's um, reaction to what it. what you have said. Actually, yes, is how to overcome it. Yeah. You know, that is actually how to overcome it. You are coming with love. You are coming with all the things you have said. Mm. However, to say that you don't, it doesn't exist. No, no, sir. I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to say that your focus shouldn't be about the people that. Um... That's that's how to overcome it. Yes, sir. Okay, so. Yes, sir. Okay, so. Thank you. Sir. Have you experienced any of such before? Well, like I said, if I care about someone, my focus is that I'm the, you know, I would admire them, be their right. number one fan, their encourager. Okay. But it depends on the person's reaction. If the person is making it a big deal, being it, making it all you know, in my face, like, yes, you know, I'm the best, uh -huh. that's what the problem will be. <laughs> that's <laughs> why you draw the sword. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, fine. Thank you for, for that comment. Anybody else? How do you? Yes, sir. And yes, my sister. There are two hands. Did I miss any other hand? So we take those two hands and I will roll on. Yeah. Okay, I hope I'm not seeing options answer this question. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, it was in SS1. I had a girlfriend in SS1. Right. And she was in commercial class. I was in arts class. She was the best in right. commercial class. Right. I was not one sort of the best because I was not serious then, so right. serious. So there was every reason to be jealous because looking at it's a patriarchal society where the man is supposed to be the superhero. Right. The boss, the one doing very well. Right. But the reverse was the case here in, 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 in that situation. She was the one who was very good. In fact, she had to teach me maths at right. some point. So instead of being jealous, I started, I decided I was going to see it beyond a teenage relationship. Right. That I was going to make her a standard. Right. That fine, I'm going out to this person and she's this good. I want to be like her and even better. Right. And that helped me. It was a ch challenge to me. Okay. So, so where, where is yeah. she now? Uh, well, the relationship ended. She got into university. She graduated as uh, with the first class Covenant University, banking and finance. Right. So she's working with stock exchange now. She moved on. She moved on, yeah. Right. Far ahead. <laughs> right. The writing was on the wall. Praise the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> 
Um, yes. Okay, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, before I give my life to Christ, there is this guy I was dating. Right. I used to dance for Nasarawa State Cultural Troupe. You used to dance? Yes, Cultural wow. Troupe. Okay. So, we're going for Abuja Carnival, and we normally do Queen and King, and they, they used to bring models. Right. To models for us, and the st state we win at the end of the game, and we always win Nasara State. So, the king, he was a copper, and I just joined the group. And even before I joined, before I joined the group, I was seeing the guy, but I don't used to pick interest on in all these fine, fine guys, you know. Right. <laughs> so the guy was toasting me, and I'm seeing a lot of girls running up and down of him, Around and I was him, like, yeah. ah, this guy won't deceive me. <laughs> so he was our king, anyway. Right. He was in midst of 25 models. He's the only man. And he modeled for us, and we win. And those girls were just running about him. So how did you deal with it? So when we come back, they celebrate us, and and on the celebration, when the models are running about you, I just went somewhere and bought full bottle water, ever water, big one. And when I just came and poured it on him. On his head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so jealous. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> but all things are passed away now. You are born again. Feel with the Holy Ghost. All right. Okay, next question. Do you, do you think that dancing can be too much in church? Quote and unquote. Do you think that dancing should be measured? Yes, please. I don't think dancing can be too much because you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what, how excited. Can you start again? I said, I don't think dancing can be oh, too much in right. church. You don't know okay. my experience. Right. And you don't know why I'm rejoicing. Right. I mean, I've had a case where I really rejoiced and someone said I was distracting them behind. Yeah. And Are you the only one? I mean, <laughs> you know, I ignored and later they had to bring a scarf that... Um, I'm like, the person should change seats. Why should I be the one to change seats? And right. I've, had, I've seen where a woman was dancing and Usher told her to face the wall. Face the wall. I mean, so... Not in Gospel House. Much. Was it Gospel House? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, she says that dancing cannot be too much because you don't know what God has done for me. You don't know how huge... What God has done for me is that I'm rejoicing, I mean, before him. Thank you. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can dance anywhere. Okay. If the spirit leads you, you can dance. Even in your office, you can dance. Right. Thank you. In the church, you can dance. Yes. So it can't Even be too much. Huh? So it can't be too much. Just go ahead. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the living Jesus. Like what he has just said, dancing cannot be too much. When 
you knew what Christ had done in your life. Me, I dance anywhere. We know, we know. I sing. <laughs> I sing anywhere. We know, I sing in the church. I sing outside the church. I sing in my office. I sing anywhere. And I dance anywhere. Amen. I don't bloody care. If you like, you look at me. If you like, you look at me. I don't bloody care. Okay. In as far as I knew whom I am dancing for. For. Amen. Men. Amen. Yes, sir. Okay, there's a hand this. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To my own level of understanding. Right. When, you're, when we are talking about dancing in the church, mm. at least, when you are saying it's too much or it's not too much, for example, if the space is enough for somebody to energize the body, there's no problem. You know what I'm saying? But, for example, when the place is choked up, somebody is not dancing different type of things. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? We have, everybody in the church have different what is going through. If you are happy, you can go to the altar Dancing. Yes, please. Yes, Don't come and push me off my chair. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that perspective. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, there's dancing and there's dancing. Hmm. I agree that no one knows what you are going through. There, there's, there's a way you dance. In church and it's the way you dance when you're at a nightclub. Should you be at a nightclub? No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> saying, I'm saying, I'm saying there are ways. There are ways? Yes. Okay. So if someone is dancing the way they dance in a nightclub. The way they used to dance. The way they used to dance in a nightclub. Yeah. It can be provocative. Huh. And it can be inappropriate. Huh. That's another perspective. So it depends. That's so it depends? Yes. Okay. So, okay, thank you very much for that feedback. So, so what, what we're saying is that if I am used to, maybe when I used to go to the nightclub, I used to somersault and dance. When I come to church and I say that Jesus deserves much more than somersaulting, I used to somersault two times. I want to somersault three times. I can't somersault. Pardon? Give me the mic. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not talking about somersault. Yeah, talking about <laughs> okay, I get you anyway. Uh -huh. I was just teasing. Okay, thank you. Um, we'll take... Uh, ah, choir. Uh, okay. We'll take... One person here, one person there. Yeah, then we'll go on. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think um, when we were in the world, there yeah. was a purpose in our hearts when we used to dance. Right. You know, so, and God looks at the motive of what we do. Why are we doing what we are doing? Are we dancing because we want our neighbor to see that we can dance? Right. Or we are actually dancing unto God. If we come with that, you know, motive and our heart is set right before God, we should be free to dance. The seat should not stop you. There's space. You can go to the back. Right. You can come to the front, right. you know, but express yourself before God. Sometimes I feel that we are too, you know, we are too polished and we are too touche. If God is too touche when he wants to bless us, ah. the blessing will not be complete. You but want when the God blessing that is, that is yes, yaffu you know, That is in different he doesn't, he doesn't hold back. So we shouldn't hold back Absolutely. when we want to praise God. 
Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we take one more. Who is it going to be? Ask both of you. Who should decide? Ladies, ladies first. Let her go. You have another opportunity. You need to go on. Thank you. You're a gentleman. Okay, um, yeah. praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, um, back then I used to be a Catholic. And, um, used to be what? A Catholic. Okay, used to be Catholic. And we're not used to so much dance like that. Right. So when I, I went to, a, I had the opportunity to be in a Pentecostal church, and the way they were dancing there, I was really upset. Because I was like, why would this lady be dancing in this man? Doesn't she know she's, she might be provoking, uh, provoking some guys here? Yeah. So um, I came to GFH, and I also saw the way they dance here. And there's a particular person I picked offense whenever he worships. Right. And I'm like, this person, I know you too well. You're always there, dear, dear. But within um, time, that very person actually inspired my life. And I learned to worship and Amen. dance and praise God. And Amen. In one word, there is no special way you Amen. dance with God. It's just about in your heart. Amen. What you have in your heart, why dance? So maybe somebody else is seeing you now and saying, why is she dancing there, there, there? Good. Thank you very much. So we dive straight into the study. Our Bible, our text for today is 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 13 to 23. 2 Samuel 6, 13 to 23. It says, after the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened cow. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked down. She was up. She looked where? She looked down from a window. When she saw the king, saw King David dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread and a cake of dates and a cake of raisins. Then all the people returned to their homes. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looks today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. David retorted to Michal, I was dancing before the Lord. Who chose me above your father? And all his family put together. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this. You've not seen anything yet. Even to be humiliated 
in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. Because I'm going to marry two of them. So Michal, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout our entire life. The Lord bless the reading and the understanding of his words in Jesus' name. It wasn't our altitude that was the problem. It was our attitude. What foul attitude did Michal have? What was the foul attitude? Yes. That side. Move briskly, please. Keep the hands up so that they can know. Yeah. And any other person that has not spoken before? Good evening, church. Good evening. I would use the word holier than thou. Holier than thou. Attitude. attitude. So Mikhail had an holier than thou attitude. What other foul attitude did Mikhail have? Yeah. Jealousy. Jealousy. Mikhail had jealousy. Holier than thou mixed with jealousy. What other, what other attitude? One more. You take one more. Yes, right here. God. She had pride. She had pride. She had pride. At least she would come forward. At least. Yes, ma. That's what you wanted to say. Okay. So, she had, she was holier than thou, she was jealous, and she was prideful. Now, it's interesting, you see, to, to note that Mikal was, and she had a beautiful name. Do you know that? The name Mikal is the, is the female version of Michael, and it, it means who is like Jehovah. It's a very powerful name. But she didn't live up to her name. Everybody else was on the streets dancing. She was on top looking. Something is wrong with that. Something is wrong with that. She didn't have to say anything. Every, everybody was in front of the ark rejoicing. She was in her, in her room looking at everybody. Even if she didn't say anything, that, that was a huge statement. David should have an exception to that. Why should we all be dancing before God and you are up there? So, it's, it's, she, she was just stinking. She was spoiled, princess, you know. But with God, you have to be humble. Because you are nothing before God. Nothing. Think about it. If, if he snaps his finger, we are gone. Why shouldn't we praise him? Why should we sit down on a high tower and look at everybody else that is praising God? And we're like, hmm, only God knows what problem they have. Not in God's every house. We will all rejoice. Say amen. We will all celebrate. And we will all praise the name of the Lord. Question number two. Have you ever been on the receiving end of someone's jealousy? How did you handle it? We, we've talked about giving it. Have you ever been on the receiving end? How did you handle it? David was on the receiving end, but we are not looking at David's 
the way David handled it yet. How did you handle it? Have you ever, has anybody ever been on the receiving end of jealousy? Okay. There's a hand there, there's a hand there. So we take those two. Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, years back, when I was still very active, uh, active. active in my profession, oh, where, your profession, where I was still on with the federal government. Right. Every, every exercise or training we go, I, I usually come first. You know, we, we do sit on the same training and everything, but somehow, I don't know what's exceptional about me when it comes to those sort of uh, training we did. And any little thing, they want a deep cover, somebody to do something straight from the presidency, they will pick me. And a guy get jealous about me. Who got jealous? A colleague of mine. He, oh, right. he actually was supposed to be my barrier cover. You know, but I said to him, if I thought there's a, a profession where you are to jealous somebody taking a, a frontline roads, not such profession as this, because it's societal. Right. You know, so I, what I do whenever I am sent and those things come, I let him know that, well, you know, without you, I cannot also succeed. I cannot also go far. Right. Though I'm on the front, you're my rear cover. Right. We, we need to uh, string the rope with the same hand. You know, so I just kind of also bringing him to feel sort of what important as right. well. So with that, he became a friend. Right. He started giving me support. That was how I endured it. Okay, perfect. That's, that's, you can clap for that. That's, that's the way to handle it. That's a good way to handle it. So we have a, one of maybe his wife that is jealous of the husband or the husband that is jealous of the wife. And instead of going to this approach that, listen, what I'm doing, I can't do it without you. I'm, I mean, they go on the, oh, you're always jealous of me approach. And that will only lead to more chaos, you know. <laughs> so you should be inclusive in your um, dealings. And that will bring community. Yes. There was a lady. Okay, yes. Was that the co- no, it's fine. That's, she's there. Let's have it. Praise the Lord. Yeah, hallelujah. Um, for me, it was my friend, and um, although it was really painful that I had to lose a friend, I did not really get to explain to her, but it's something I've been hearing before now that she used to talk about me when I'm not around. My other girlfriend used to tell me about it. So I got to, I overheard a conversation with her sister, you know, still saying some stuff. But I left that day and I couldn't, I did not explain to her and I ended that relationship. Right. Even though when I think about it, like I, I had to explain to her, okay, this is what you did to me. This is what I've been hearing and all. But I just couldn't stand it. I was, it was, it was, it really hurt me. So, you know, I really loved her and I was really disappointed to hear that from her and her, her sister. So that means what I've been hearing before now was true. And even though I wasn't looking at the things that she do, there are some little, little things, you know, I celebrate. And she just says some things, and I just laugh over it. That it happens, Jare. It's just God, you know. Okay. But, so you in know, your own case, you, you walked away. I walked away. Okay. I, Fantastic. Um, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying thank you for sharing. Um, next question is, 
according to 1 Corinthians 13.4, what is the antidote to jealousy? Whether we are on the giving or on the receiving end. Let's, let's put up 1 Corinthians 13.4. And um, it says, love is what? Patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. You know, if you are on the receiving end, love is not proud. <clears throat> love is not boastful. If you are on the receiving end, thank you. You are, you, are not, you are not saying, you are not puffed up. You are not rubbing it in the face of, of the other person. If you are on the giving end, love is not jealous. You know, so the solution, whether you are on the giving end or on the receiving end, the solution is what? Is love. Thank you. Question number four. Mikhail had been through a lot. A husband, David, ran away and abandoned her for 14 years. A father gave her away to be married to another man. Sometimes it's good to look at the other person's side of the story. Apparently, Mikhail had no choice in the matter. How might a godly woman have managed to honor a marriage vows even when her father didn't? Praise the name of the Lord. What could Mikala have done? What could she have done? And what would have been the consequence or the consequences? Okay, let me help us. She could have run away and gone to meet David in the wilderness. She loved the palace too much. Same thing with um, Jonathan, a brother. So I skipped to question number eight. I'm going to come back because it's a similar um, trend. Still empathizing and looking at Michael's side of the story. Question number eight. Studying the Bible, we are told that Michael loved David, but never that David loved Michael. Loved her. When telling Abner um, to bring back his wife, when Abner came to, to pledge allegiance to David, and David says that, I'm not even going to listen to you until you bring back my wife, you know. And David remembered the price he had paid, but not his love for the princess. David doesn't say, because I love her so much. David doesn't say, because I, I killed, I gave a hundred first kings of Philistines I, and all that stuff. Yes, Michal did wrong, but do you think that David's lack of love for her, in addition to all her daddy issues, she had a very insecure father, you know, and all that with Saul, affected her responsibility to honor God? Because these are coverings, these are, are father figures, these are people that are in authority over her, abandoned her, left her, gave her away, to be married to someone she did not choose. How do spouse issues and daddy issues or mommy issues affect our relationship with God?
I know this is very um, <laughs> deep, if you will. The hand in front, the hand at the back. So, so let's take the one at the back first. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think if we place our priorities right in terms of authorities, right. God is the highest of all the authorities. Right. Even in relationships between spouses, if you put God first, you have less issues because when you have problems, you take it to God first before you discuss it among yourselves. So I think Micah, I don't know if she was a woman of God, by the way. If she was, then she would have honored God, not even the husband. And by honoring which was what, God. Which was what the husband did anyway. I mean, that's, you know, you can go and jump. Yeah. You know, I'm going to honor God. Okay, thank Praise you. The Lord. So, um, so how does it, okay, fine. You have helped us there. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. People, women who have spouse issues and daddy issues have um, problems trusting God. Right. Because those two relationships are relationship of protection, of covering, and they are built on trust and right. love. So they, they never really trust their spouses. They never really trust the decisions of their fathers. And because God is our father, they ve- find it very, very difficult to trust God. Right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's, that's the truth. That's, is, can they overcome it? Yes. Can it be overcome? Yes. But, you know, many times the, the, the people we see... Um, we, we take a cue from the people we see, you know. So, um, uh, uh, this hand came up first, then we take us, okay, no, we take him. <coughs> Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, in the context of what we are saying about relationship issues, if you, we are saying it because we are all Christians, we are all in the house of God, and we have idea about God. But if you put yourself outside where you hear people say there's no God, it's because they don't have an idea. Maybe their foundation has an issue too. Foundation is sense that maybe their parents didn't take them through God's way of life. That if you have an issue, you go to God. Because um, some of us, we came to understand that when um, issues arise and that we look at them as issues that are beyond us, what we just need to do is go back. We, we don't even go just, to any man. Just go back to God. Yes, we just go because back. Because of our foundation. Yes, because of our okay, foundation. So how our parents um, guide us Yes, has a whole lot to do in our lives. Okay, yeah. thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, th- I would use a personal um, experience and um, to answer this question. Um, back in the days when I was still with my dad, and my dad was this person who was fond of beating my mom and all that, and he was really, really consistent in doing it. So I remember, like, a, um, growing up as a child, um, I thought it was fair beating women. So I, I remember telling my siblings once that I'll be beating my wife eh, if she mess up. The way I'll be dealing with her. That is, if, she, if I say once she doesn't do it, I would kick her because I saw it, my dad doing it. Right. And he was doing it often. 
Right. And so I felt, okay, it's a normal thing. If you say things, they don't no respect you. Just punch them and just give them some blows. Subdue her. You know? So <laughs> looking at this thing from um, Saw, um, Daddy and Mommy issue, Mika has an issue. Um, Saw himself has an issue at the, as, as a father. Right. Normally, from, if you read from the Bible, he, he's always obeying God. He had the attitude of disobeying God and not obeying God. So he didn't play the foundational role of showing the affection um, of, uh, let me say, for God's love towards children. He never showed them that area where, you know, look, it's all about God. Without God, is no. He was just showing the attitude he showed them was what she copied from. Right. There was no love for God with Saul and, you know, so she learned that from the father. So as, uh, probably as Saul was a leader and also her father, what she had in her was what she saw the father doing. Okay. So, Definitely. So, back to your... No, punch, God's favorite house has changed a lot. So, okay, it changed a lot in me, so I, It's, it's yeah. a past. That's not an issue anymore. Praise God. Okay. I think there's a hand there at the back. Then we'll go on. Um, if I'm not missing anybody. Cool. Yeah. I want to um, ask a question. Was it possible that uh, Mikhail could have um, refused, like, to abstain from the man her father forcefully betrothed her to? Yes, she okay. could have. She, it is very possible. Because Didn't David run? Yes, he ran. We even helped him down the window. It was Mikhail. Uh, Why did Mikhail say, "Let's tie a rope"? When you go down, me too, I will follow you. She could have said that, and they, they could have both escaped. The man was going to kill David any, anyway. So where's her loyalty? Her loyalty should be with her husband, not her father. Do you, don't you know that? Yes, of course. Pardon? Of course. Yeah. Of course. So she should have absconded. Yeah. No, I, it wasn't absconding. I said, I mean, even though she was forcefully betrothed, could she right. have abstained? Meaning, say, okay, you forced me, ah. but I will, you know, maintain the, my ground. Yeah, you know? no, don't <laughs> You are in somebody's house, you are eating his food, drinking his water. <laughs> you, you have to wear 10 tight jeans. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Again, the man, what's his name again? Loved her so much that when Mikhail was going, when Abner came to grab her for David, the guy cried following her, cried and cried. They had to chase him back. So it, it was just a very convoluted equation. And she was right in the middle. So sometimes we need to understand where people are coming from. Yes, of course. Um, it didn't, it didn't um, absorb her from the responsibilities of what she did. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> Question number five. David's dancing and rejoicing. Everybody rejoicing. David's dancing and rejoicing didn't turn her heart. It turned her stomach. You see, this her sister's testimony of when she first started coming to church and, and she sees people dancing, you know, it used to turn her stomach. Then after a while, it turned her heart. And, you know, she, she joined the dancing group. <laughs> right. So, um, in this case, it didn't. Now, two questions from that. How do you feel... When people closest to you don't honor the things you hold there, how do you feel? Put yourself in David's shoes. How, how will you feel? How do you feel when people closest to you what, don't honor 
God. I hope you hold God there. How, how do you feel when people closest to you don't honor God the way um, it should be honored? How do you feel? Has anybody had to deal with that before? Yes. Um, do we have anybody else that has not spoken? Yes, wait. Let's try and get anybody else that has not spoken. Okay. Let's have the three people. One, two, three. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For example, my husband, I, I really felt so bad because he doesn't worship God the way he ought to. Right. Even while I am worshiping God, you see him knocking on my door. Uh-uh, this thing is too much now. Wow. Uh, why are you doing this? Why are you shouting? Our wow. God is a quiet and cool God. <laughs> you don't have to shout. You just do it delinquently. Ah, I said, no, this is not how. He said, no, that is not how to do it. You don't have to be. You are making noise. You are disturbing the people. You are even disturbing me. Ah, I said, ah. So, the way and at times when we are having our money devotion at home, you see the way he behaves. You see how he conducts his money devotion. Well, because being the head of the family now, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, fine. Thank, thank you, Ma. Thank you, thank you, Ma. So, number two. <clears throat> I, I, I feel bad. You feel I bad? I yeah. feel bad. Uh, one of the experiences I had was, see, when I was in service, uh, I, I respect chains of command very well. Right. If SYZ is supposed to sign some certain document before it gets to my table, and those fellow hasn't signed it, and you are bringing it to me, you are, you are trying to hate and abate me into error, and I right. don't like it. So I feel bad. And I, I, don't, I don't know how to hold back, letting them know how I feel about it. Um, in fact, during those days, they know they don't. Okay, for so those who, are new, who, who came to the agency new, with time, when they get to know, they don't even come close. Stuff right. like that. So, you feel bad. Um, yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In, in where I stay, you know, in, we normally have lights, and I have this little deck. I, I, keep, I play, In the morning when I wake up, I play this Christian, some Christian music. So the next door neighbor in my house, ah, if he hears my music, ah, you see this boy has started again. He has started disturbing me with his Christian music. I felt, I felt unconcerned. In the morning when I, I wake up, I play some music okay. to myself. Until okay. the day the guy fell into trouble. Believe me, I was the one that he said, ah, that boy that normally that disturbed me <laughs> came to save him from the problem. So I don't, I don't, okay. if you like, so, you don't like. So for you, you, you don't give a damn. I don't give it down. Okay, for you, you feel bad. No, I will not feel okay. bad. Okay. No, 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 not you. I mean, I'm just trying. And the guy, the guy <laughs> felt for bad. You. Okay, <laughs> for, for another person. Thank you very much. Um, so, let's go on from there. Okay, let's hear you. Quickly, tell us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, Pastor, truly, I'm going through one presently in my house. In my house presently. Now, I have a Gino brother that I keep on telling him every day, please, even money devotion, 
he will pretend as if he's not well. <laughs> and I, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should beat him. Sometimes I will say, I will kill you. I used to scare him. I will say, I will kill you. Because I will tell him that you're going to hell. And the guy will, will just be looking at me and say, sorry. And he keep repeating the next day. He, he will wake very early this time and disappear before devotion. <laughs> I so think, Pastor, you have to tell me what to do because <laughs> I'm looking for what to do. So seriously, I'm telling you. <laughs> and he's eating my food, doing everything. Eating see. your food, drinking your water. Yes. You see, it's so annoying. Okay. I'm, I'm struggling with this. It's, it's fine. Um, the, the, the first thing you need to do is, is to pray for him. You need to pray for him. In fact, leave him, let him be sleeping. Let everybody hold their hands around him. And begin to pray for him. You don't fight him. You can't, talk, you know, you can't tackle it in the flesh. You don't want him to go to hell. If you kill him, you are sending him there quickly. <laughs> so you can't even go that route at all. Then, secondly... You have to live above board. You know, because people that live with us, they see us inside out. If you don't live above board, you are calling him for devotion. And they well, you people can go, Joe. Do you understand? If you, I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying it's, it's a huge responsibility. If you don't live above board, the people that are close to you, they see your life. They see how you live. If you, are, if you are cutting corners, doing what you ought not to do, they won't judge, they won't say anything. But by the time you ask them to do, to come to church, they won't answer you. You know, so if those two things, if you do them consistently, God will touch him. Praise the Lord. Okay, second question here is, that, have you ever been in a situation where you think someone close to you has lost it? We are flipping it now. Have you been in a situation where you think someone close to you is, has become a fanatic? This guy or this woman? No, 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 no. I, I love God. I come to church. I, I'm a Christian, but this one is crazy. <laughs> Anybody? Yeah? There's the hand at the back. There. Let's take that first. Praise the Lord. Alleluia. When I was younger, I had a cousin who was um, a top official in the bank. And she, she knew God, but, you know... The warm Christian who will smoke sometimes and tell right. you I still... She was single. And the pressure of um, being single was hitting her hard because she was in her mid-30s. Very intelligent. Came out with first class in Unilore. Went abroad for her master's. Top of the class. Offered a PhD. So one day she shipped her things and said she was going abroad for her PhD. Suddenly I heard that they saw her at Sojota like two years after. Wearing slippers. And I, I refused to believe because I'd lived with her before, so I said, I can't be too low. So on Monday, I was going for my um, department in church lunch, and I saw her in Aja crossing. I didn't know what to do. I was driving, and they had passed me, and she was crossing with a bag, you know, looking like a fanatic. No, she has chopped off her hair, wearing sneakers, long skirts, carried a sack. I was shocked. So, to me, she, I feel she has lost it. And I've been praying for her ever did you, since. Did you ever since. I've been did, praying. You, did you hear her story? I, I'm able to scared to, ah. 
you can't be this way. I think you should try. And I, I hear can't even reach her. I don't know. You should have stopped. I was in the middle of the road, you know. So she, you know what? Okay, you don't know Ajasa. Uh, you know. <laughs> Ajasa, where you're coming from, Ibrahim? I do know Ajasa. They pass you. You have to keep going. You can't stop in the middle of the road. And last night is right there. I came from heaven. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I was. Should I stop? Okay, I, I understand, but, but I want to task you with this. Reach out to her. I can't. Nobody can. She has cut ties with everybody. She believes everybody is evil. She's. Does she belong to a sect? I'm trying to find out now. Okay, maybe you want to find out. I will. You know. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Thank you. But please reach. Look for God will make a way for you. Find Amen. her. Yes. Right. Amen. Okay. Thank you. And, 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 and hear our story. Um, I want someone that has not spoken. Uh, okay, let's hear you. Let's hear you anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, this is not to discourage you if you have spoken, but I just want to, you know, if you can get it around. Otherwise, we'll listen to those that are anointed for today. Right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, this person is my boss in the office. I mean, every day, 8 to 4, every day, Monday to Friday. He's, in fact, his nickname is Holy Spirit. He's, that's his nickname? Yes, that's Who what gave him Holy Spirit? My GM. The GM. When he sends a mail, if he's replying, he'll say, hey, Holy Spirit. Wow. Is, so, so, so what's the issue? Is, no, it's not that he's bad, but he's a serious fan of church, 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 um, this brother, this sister, and then... So do you think he has lost it? No, the way he's going about it, it's okay. Maybe now I'm, I understand him, but I mean, I've seen other pastors. Somebody has said, he's... oh, he's a pastor. I said, so? Oh, they've opened that parish. They've, you know, the way he's smiling with his tribal marks, everybody that comes in. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, ah, this man should be professional. I mean, we're working. I'm a Christian. We are, I, see, I see pastors, but he's right. known his right. the old okay. church thing in, in the office. Okay, thank you. Um, it should be professional. It should represent Christ well. Um, so we take one more. And um, um, have you spoken, sir? Okay, so let's take him. You have other opportunities, don't worry. Let's take him so that we go on. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, the previous lady before she spoke, I had a very, very similar story to that. I was in a church then. I used to handle the hymns. Okay. On Sundays, there was this guy. I thought he was jealous, though. So he came to push the. the you thought he was what? He was jealous, really. Oh, okay. Not even I thought. He was really jealous because he used to come to tell me that I should teach him that. But he's not. He's not diligent. He's not ready to learn. So I saw the way he was. Although he was older than me. So he pushed the the piano away one day in the church. So I was like, in the presence of the congregation, I was like, ah. So since that day. I wasn't really that much of his friend because I used to be the, uh, the one that understands him better than every other person in the church. So recently, too, as I was driving, I saw him coming close. I just told the person beside me that said, that was the, the guy I was sharing this story with you that he pushed the uh, piano away in the, in the church, you know? But what you said now, Pastor, really, really inspired me. I should have waited, too. So maybe next time, I will try to wait when I see <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Question number six. 
Do you struggle with rejoicing before God with total abandon, with total abandonment, or was there a time you struggled? How did that go? I think we've heard that from um, that lady. Anybody else? Was there a time you've struggled rejoicing before God? We all have been through that at different times. Are you raising your hand? Okay. Um, um, okay. So, question number seven. How do you get to the point where it doesn't matter what people think about you when you are dancing and rejoicing before God? I think, I think someone should, should share that with us. How do you get to that point where it doesn't matter what people think about you? You know, maybe for some of us that we are still, you know, we hold back our worship and our praise. How do you get to that point where you, you let go? Yes. Just keep the hands up so that they can find you. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Um, one, one of the ways that you can get to the point of worshiping God with, without caring about what people think is when you think deep, when you think of where God has brought you from. Um, one of the things that I used to remind myself is that only about a hundred years ago, everybody in my family was an idol worshiper. So when I remember that, when I remember that I could have been carrying some dead animal Calabash. running around, you know, tying a white cloth around my waist, I just want to worship Jesus. Right. Amen. 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 When, when you think you can thank, like they say, um, yes, there was a hand that went up there. Is that you? Okay, let's have you. Okay, and there's a hand at, at the back. Yeah. The thing is that if you want to get to the point where you are going to worship God, that what people think about you don't care is when you up, you know, offload what you have in your mind. You know, the Bible says, cast all your worries. You know, some people, okay. they bring their worries to the church and it's after them right. psychologically. But when you offload everything, everything in your mind is not God. Right. I know God is going to do it for me. When you are dancing, you don't care what people say. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. So what you see? Okay. Who was that? Was there a hand at the back? Even church. Okay. I remember the other day I actually told God I'm going to roll on the floor because right. he, I asked him for something and he actually did it. So it took me like two months for me to come out. And every time I come to the service, I'm going like, I need to roll on the floor. I need to make that promise. And I was privileged and lucky that you actually asked the question. Okay, that was a period when there was question and answer. Right. And it took me like a week for me to write my question down. And after doing that, like, I needed to do this. I don't care whether it's going to be in service that day. I needed to roll on the floor. And I did it for God. Amen. So, so how, let, me, let me ask you, I mean, how, how did you overcome that struggle? Uh, it took me 
me like um, two months. Two months. Yes, every time I keep on, anytime I want to praise and rejoice to God, it always comes to my mind that I needed to do this. Now, after you did it, how can you describe your experience? I felt good, light, blessed. Okay. And I was able to ask for more. Uh-huh. So it was difficult for me to ask for more because I still have that promise in my mind. But immediately I did that, I was able to ask God for more blessing and promises. Thank you. Amen. The child that thanks God for yesterday's blessing will... Okay, anybody else? One more person? Okay, let's take her. How do you overcome it? evening church good evening for me i used to struggle to worship because i look around what people think about me matters and what is happening and i hate doing what others are doing just because they are doing it so because of that and my background i'll just not praise the way others are praising but i learned that when i realized that when i started counting my blessings I'm focusing on what God has done for me, not what I am asking that I have not seen. My heart started praising God. Even if I'm not dancing, I feel it within me that I'm grateful. But before you know it, you you are able to rejoice when others are rejoicing. Thank you very much. Um, Praise the Lord. For me, I come to church every day telling myself I'm coming to my father's house. So I'm in my father's house. What else can I hide? I want to dance. I want to express myself. Even when worshiping, sometimes I cry. And I just cry because I'm just doing it from deep down my heart. And it's so true. So that's what keeps me. Fantastic. So your approach is... It's fantastic. So you're coming, you're coming, I'm coming to my father's house. So, so once you get to your father's house, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Question number nine. Some have argued that I can't dance like him or like her. So I can't really rejoice in God's presence. Is this reasoning valid? Some people are gifted to dance. I can't dance, so I can't rejoice. Before God. <clears throat> While you are thinking, let me just tell you this. Someone has said to me before, Pastor, you don't know how to dance. You know what I did? I just laughed. You know why I laughed? I laughed because it's you I'm dancing for. <laughs> if I don't know how to dance, it's your business. It's not, it's not my, it's not, do you understand? I am dancing for who? For God. For God. Yes. Um, some have argued that I can't dance. I can't dance like him. I can't really rejoice in God's presence. Is this reason valid? I don't think it's valid. I just think it's how at that time it's basically between you and God. Uh. So and you just want to express yourself um, the way you just want to express a heart of gratitude, a heart of praise, a heart of worship, and in any manner that I come, sometimes <coughs> for me, it's just to put my head on the ground 
Right. You know, I'm not really a dancer. I'm, <laughs> I don't know how to dance. You know? Okay. So, now. so I, it's basically between you and God. I mean, this thing of looking at others, looking at others. At that point in time, you really shouldn't be looking at others. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and when you begin to think that, oh, people will say I can't dance, something wrong with that. Because you, 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 if you could, you, you, are you dancing for people? When you begin to think that, oh, I'm not dancing, I may not be dancing this well, then who is marking the script? So are we dance like David danced? Do you know how he danced? Recklessly. Look, David did not dance in a nice way. He danced shamelessly. The only thing David wore was an effort, which means he had his, his shorts and he wore an effort. And the effort was flat. You know what an effort is? You know what was David? That's why Mikhail couldn't stand it. You are, you are opening your body, your chest. You want, you want this small, small girl to be seeing your... She couldn't get it. David was not dignified. There was nothing dignifying about David's dance. Nothing dignifying. Dancing sometimes, if you really want to dance before God, sometimes you have to throw out your dignity. Question number 10. Read Acts 13, 22 to 23. Acts 13, 22 to 23 says, But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And it is one of King David's descendants, Jesus, blah, 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 blah. So, what does it mean that David was a man after God's own heart? David was a man after God's own heart because David just wanted to do what pleased God. That was, that was all David was interested in. Is this thing going to please God? Fine. In fact, when the ark, the first time they tried to bring the ark into Jerusalem, you, you knew what happened. I mean, somebody tried to study the ark. The person died. David says, ah, I can't handle this. They took the ark to the house of Obed, Edom. Then David heard that God was blessing Obed, Edom. He said, ah, no, 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 no. Give me the ark, you know, give me back. Then they will, every six steps, equivalent, three cubic, maybe about every 20 steps, they will stop, they will sacrifice then they will take another 20 steps. They will stop. They will sacrifice. I mean, imagine how much sacrifice. Then when they, when they, when they, this is how it happens back in the day. When a king is going and they are carrying the, the king's throne on the shoulder of the men, right? There's usually someone in front of that procession playing the fool. It's called the buffoon. The buffoon is, is like a joker. It's like a jester. It's like a city. You know where a jester is? Someone just uh, dancing foolishly. That will make people laugh. 
That is who a jester is. Now, when they were bringing the ark of the covenant, David the king says, I will be the fool. I will be the buffoon. I'll be this, I'll be the, I'll be the city jester. And he danced before the ark, the king. So, so David was saying, He is the king. I am the fool. When you see, when you come before God's presence, and you can, you can, you can envision and see that He is the King, I am His fool. I am the one that will be a fool for Christ. I will be the one that will dance for Him. Boom. And and that is why the Bible says, "This is a man after my heart. He just wants to please me." He's not interested in titles. He's not interested in, in, in regalias. He's not interested in positions. This guy just wants to please me. Wow. And that's why this is God's favorite house. Praise the name of the Lord. Because we are filled with people that just want to praise God. Even, even though we are working in progress. That is where we are going. And a lot of us are like that, and I thank God for that. We are growing in it, in Jesus' name. We just want to please God. So many things, I mean, I'm not interested. I don't even have the time. I don't want to hear, you know, Jesus, people no, 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 no. Let us worship Jesus. That's what we are here for. Zero tolerance for gossip. Praise the name of the Lord. Question number 11 is 2 Samuel 6.20. Let's read it. It says that when David returned home to bless his own family, after blessing the, 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 the nation, Michal, the daughter of Saul, did not say Michal, the wife of David. Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today. Shamelessly exposing himself. You see that word again? He was exposing himself. He wasn't covered. To the servants, girls, like any vulgar person might do. In other words, it's easy to look at David and tell, say that he's dancing provocatively. It's easy to look at David and say he's dancing to seduce the girls. Because David was not covered. David was just wearing an effort. But David said, no. I didn't see any girl. I only saw the ark. I only saw the ark. And because I could see the ark, I could behave shamelessly before him. Now, that is like a thin line. Sometimes. But we have to maintain our integrity before God. That it is before God and before God alone. So the question is, what was Michal's main issue? Michal's main issue, we've talked on it, was pride mixed with jealousy. It was mainly jealousy. Before the girls, you just want to show off your airy, ugly chest. Before those girls, 
that is just what you want to do. That's, you think I don't know you, David? I know you very much. That is all you want to do. That was our issue. Question number 12. So we read verses 21 and 22. Verse 21 and 22 says, David retorted to Michal, I was dancing before the Lord, who chose me above your father and all his family combined. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I will celebrate, I will rejoice before the Lord. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this. You think you've seen foolishness? Even to be humiliated in my own eyes. Now, concerning those girls you mentioned, indeed, you think they will disrespect me, they will even respect me more. Why? Because those girls you are looking at, they love God. So they'll be attracted to somebody that is worshipping God. They are not like you, Michal. That will sit in a room where everybody is in church, dancing and worshipping Jesus. I mean, so the question is, <laughs> what's your impression of David's response? David practically abused Michal's father. The first place in the Bible I will see that husband and wife will be fighting and they'll be abusing their parents. <laughs> what do you think about David's response? Yes. As a hand that was he overboard? Was he too harsh? Was he abusive, maybe? Sir, I think um, David's response was very appropriate. And this is the conversation that we need to have even with ourselves when we're worshipping God uh. in our minds. So when we start thinking, what are those people going to say? How uh. are they going to feel uh. seeing me dance like this? We uh. should tell ourselves, was it their fathers that blessed me? Uh. Or can they do for me what God has done for uh. me? So why should I worry? Ah. Can they do for me what God has done? Can they save me? Can they cleanse me? This person that I am so concerned about, can they deliver me? You know, interestingly, you know, on, on, on Sunday, you know, thank God for the choir. The choir is getting more and more uh, fired up in a rejoicing way, you know. On Sunday when they were dancing around and dancing around, I mean, I was drawn to join them. So I said to my wife, I want to go and join them more. I, was, I just want somebody to say, ah, no, no, don't go. Ah, don't you know you are the pastor? My wife said, it's before the Lord. <laughs> so she says, before the Lord. Quickly, I ran up here. <laughs> if we were some wives, you want to go and disgrace yourself. <laughs> Thank God for a great wife. <laughs> if you don't clap, don't be jealous. <laughs> So I danced shamelessly on Sunday. I didn't even, I mean, honestly, as a Sunday, I didn't even know what we were going to teach. I, I mean, honestly, I didn't know. So God is bringing everything together. Read verse 23. It says, So Michal, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. Michal 
was the only woman who remained barren in the Bible. God says there will be no not barren in the land. She was the only one that remained barren. That is, why do you think she remained barren? Okay, there's a hand right at the back, and there's a hand at the sound box. So let's have the sound box. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, I believe um, there might be something God must have been trying to change in her, uh, namely the jealousy and all the rest concerning her character. Um, I believe when she was with the other man, the, she could have conceived, but maybe because of her attitude, earlier than doubt, and the rest. Those things that God was trying to change in her, even when she returned to David, those things were still in her life. And you know, that be the thing that hindered her from having children. Possibly. Okay. Why do you think? Yeah. But I think um, she disdained David's fruit. And for that same reason, she became fruitless. She disdained David's fruit David's before fruit. the Lord. Before the Lord. Yes. And, and because that of that, she became fruitless. Yes. That's possibly. That is another reason. Maybe in addition to that. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I believe she did not repent. She if did she not had repent. repented, probably. Exactly. Why did she say to David, oh, see my foolishness. Oh, call me at that Please pray for God for me. Can't you just beg God for me? Let's, if I, I'm going to roll on the floor. Let's roll on the floor together. You know? She, she was just, she's like a father. Like father, like daughter. Non-repentant, too particular about what people think about them, not particular about what God thinks about them. I'm praying in the name of Jesus that you will be only concerned about what God thinks about you. That's the, that's the, that's the greatest gift you can give yourself. Greatest gift you can give yourself. Thank you. Did you just say that? You've spoken, right? Yes, let's see that. Okay. Why do you think she was fruitless? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For me, just because she, herself, she didn't come down. She didn't want to recognize God. And she didn't want to recognize even the husband that above her. That is the most important thing for her. Okay. So that's why you think she was not fruitless. Um, anybody else has not spoken? Yes, sir. <laughs> why do you think she was fruitless? But God wants to use him as a, as a scapegoat. <laughs> well, I'm, well I'm, I, I kind of think, well, okay, that's what you think. Well, that may be, I don't know, but God didn't say that. But if you go through scriptures and you see how the whole thing panned out, the reason she became fruitless was because she didn't, from that day, she didn't receive a single seed from David. From that day, David moved away from her. It was not recorded that they had any interaction. David probably rented a house for her and put her in it. Maybe a part of the palace. You know? And David had Abigail. Abigail that said to David, you're a champion. You, you, only you, the, the savior of Israel. Who are you, who are you going to stay with? Somebody that is saying you are a champion and somebody that is abusing you. Who are you going to stay with? She was neglected. Same thing. Jesus says to us, without me, you can do nothing. 
you cannot bear fruit. If you remain in me and my word remain in you, then you will bear fruit. The seed of my word remaining in you brings forth fruit. If you are not integrated with the Holy Spirit, working with Christ, you cannot be fruitful as a Christian. If you are separated from the work with the Holy Spirit, you cannot bear fruit as a Christian. David moved away from her, so she could not conceive. Okay. Final question. What is the most important lesson you have learned from the story of the non-rejoicing Michael, a woman not after God's heart? What's the most important lesson you have learned? From the story of the non-rejoicing Michael, a woman not after God's own heart. Okay, one, just shoot. Just go straight. Tell us. What is Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. I, I'll answer that, but from number 12, why David's response was okay. For me, applying it in today's world, I mean, if there's a couple that one is saved and the other is not saved, so where's the love? For me, David didn't apply the antidote of jealousy because obviously she was jealous even though she was prideful. If I have such an answer, I'm not sure I'll say it out. It might be in my heart, but I'll right. try to apply love to maybe win her over. Okay. And what I've learned... So David should have tried better. Yes. Okay. And what I've learned also is anybody that is for God, you know, when you read the scripture, God says, because you're precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give men for you. Right. I will give lives for you. So right. you need to be careful. Right. Once that person is on God's side, please don't try them. Absolutely. Because God can do anything. And that's what happened to me, Carl. Okay. And um, the last point is, like, I mean, someone that's, I'm not saying, it's okay to praise God, I understand. But when people are going, sometimes there's a way people do it, fanatics. And because I'm looking at this person, you don't want anybody to grow. You're punishing people and all of that because of your position. But then you're quoting Jesus, Jesus That's all the time. That's you know, and you hear your leader has bought, bought a jet and you say, oh, I'm not paying my tithes again. I mean, that, that was a chance for me to say, hey, I told you all of you this man. But I was like, ah, Oga, who are you paying to God or to the man? Absolutely. You know, but even though I had my own judgments, like maybe David's response in my heart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, thank you. Um, what is the most important thing you have learned? Yes, sir. One of the lessons I've learned is, one, if you cannot be an eraser to erase somebody's mistake, do not be a pencil to paint it down. <laughs> okay. and secondly, uh, God, God made women as helpmate. You should be as a helpmate to your man. And if you cannot be helpmate, don't be a strife causer. I don't know what to Just leave it. him as it is. Just let him be. Like, just let him be. But you see, he doesn't, there's no neutral point. He said that you are helping him go up or you are pulling him down. So just choose to help him go up. Okay. <clears throat> awesome. Yes. Shoot. Then, so can, you, can I see the hands again? So, one, two, three, four, 
and five. And we wrap it up. One. One, 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 one. Yeah. Okay, um, praise God. First, um, the, I learned two things here. Um, first, I'm going to put God first in everything I do. Okay. And then secondly, when I think of God's goodness in my life, I have every reason to rejoice. To rejoice. Amen. That's the most important thing. Yes. Um, praise the Lord. Mine is two things. Um, first is um, what you always have, um, what you have stored up in you would eventually come out. Right. So it depends on where you've been. And, you know, like for David, his foundation right from time as a boy has always been for God. So okay. what he actually displayed was what he has started right from the beginning. So right. that's what. Thank you. Um, sir, three. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, what I learned, um, if I'm not rejoicing to God that matters, I open myself up to jealousy, right. to pride, um, right. to saying stupid stuff that will bring terrible consequence to right. himself. So, join the party. Rejoice. Four is where? There's a four. Okay, there's a four. Five. Tell us. Praise the Lord. For me, yeah, I learned that um, <coughs> from um, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. Mm. She abused David. Right. And that, and I remember the story of um, Elisha when those kids abused him. They called him a right. bald man and he commanded, he said, I think a fox or something to, eat, to bear. finish them, a bear to finish them off. So it's just something we should learn that we should respect those that are very close to God. Because Micah was with, Micah has seen David. I think it was a matter of see finish. Because, right. because if she really respected David, she would not have said all those things. Right. In that manner, she right. said it. Right. Thank you. Okay. So, um, that's me. Um, how do you respect a man you have seen finish? <laughs> I will bring another, another tribe session. Okay, so the commitment section, finally, is, you're going to say, Father, or write, rather, Father, I thank you for the gift of life. Today, I commit to rejoice before you all the days of my life. It sounds simple, but it's very powerful. I commit to rejoice before you. I commit to rejoice before you. All the days of my life. Father, I thank you for the gift of life. It's only the living that can praise you. Today I commit to rejoice before you. All the days of my life. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. And let's just talk to God. You know, like the lady said, when I come and I'm coming to church, I'm, say, I'm saying I'm coming to my father's house. 
That is huge. Why don't we just talk to God as, as we have seated there and just say to the Lord, you are my father. I'm in your house. Let every inhibition to praising you and rejoicing before you, let it be removed, O God of heaven. Let it be removed. Let me worship you freely. Let me worship you without any form of hindrance. Let me dance before you. Let me rejoice before you. You may be here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Or you used to be born again, but you've backslidden. You're saying, Pastor, can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated, you don't need to come forward. You're saying, Pastor, pray with me. I need to get my relationship with Jesus sorted out. Wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you. Put up, put up your hands now over your head and I'll pray with you. But put up your hand, put up your hand well over your head. Over your head. If your online instructions are scrolling, that is me, Pastor. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Another hand over there. God bless you. God bless you. Pastor, pray with me. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Once you have the card, you can put out your hand. You can put out the hand and just cry to God. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. I release my life to you now. I surrender to you. Anybody else? That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. Pray with me. Oh, my Father, we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you today, my, my Father, we ask. Even as, as they are crying to you, they are surrendering to you, I ask that you cleanse them totally in the name of Jesus. Lord, fill their lives with rejoicing and let your name be glorified. Lord, we pray for everyone that has heard this word, the grace to be doers given to us. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.